And that is for our special Fright Night Fridays. This month, we've decided to dedicate to all of the spooky ghouls and ghasts out there a special tribute to all of the horror films that has filled us with such fear and fright. And Mitchell Regan, here as your guide to the spooky and all things terrifying. But not only is it I, the man behind the mask, I am also joined as always by... The greatest, the most wonderful, and not only the absolute best ghost to lead us through, but I just heard she's back from a trip from Camp Crystal Lake. We have Theresa Stoddard. You killed my boy! <laughs> um... Yeah, guys, I have a flashlight under my chin right now. Got that spooky glow, kind of like a highlight, but in the worst ways. It's like, yeah, we've got a lot in store for you tonight. Um, and this is part one of our horror tribute series. Um, we're starting with the slasher film genre. Kidnap Stephen King. He's here. Yeah. Um, and ghostwriting a novel for me as we speak. Ghostwriting, indeed. I want to start, though, with, um, a question that you might not be prepared for, which is your favorite. Um... I know horror movies is one of your favorite, if not your favorite, movie genre. I always feel like if there's two things that I can get you for any type of date night, it would either be some sort of Mexican food or a horror movie, as evidenced by our first two dates, which was a Mexican food place and the movie Get Out. Um, what was your introduction to horror movies? No, I don't really know. I'll have to go and interrogate my parents to get the real answer to that. The first one I remember watching is An American Warrior in London. Wow, that's a classic. Yeah. Um, well, they were watching it. I didn't, like, suggest it for movie night or anything. You know, like, it was back in those blockbusters. This may have been pre-blockbuster. When did blockbuster open? I've I feel like 93 to 94, maybe? I think what was Blockbuster was, was in the 80s? Like, I think no, no, no. When did it open? Blockbuster? Yeah. That's a question I'm not prepared for. Shut up. Okay. Well, no, 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 no. Well, anyway, I always go and 
rent movies from Blockbuster and get candy that's three times as expensive as the, the grocery store, but it was just like like a cornerstone of growing up in the 90s. Um, yeah, I know. We're now classic rock. 85. 85. All right. So it's always been with me. Yes. So, so your horror history. American Werewolf in London. Um, my horror history. Oh, also. Okay. So it was three movies. Okay. American Werewolf in London, The Tick, which is a little more like superhero, but like it freaked me out. I think it was just weird. That that's not horror at all. No offense. It counted as horror to me. And then um, Alien. Oh, yeah, that's a great movie. I've never seen the rest of it because I was traumatized. I was watching it with a neighbor. She said she'd watch it with me again. That never happened. Charity, I'm going to send this episode to you because you are that friend who told me we can't watch it anymore. Yeah. Um, do you remember any other movies? Um... I remember my parents coming back from seeing the Blair Witch. Okay. Like, of how freaked out they were, but I didn't, like, none really stand out to me at this time. Now, what about you? I know I was I was texting with your mom earlier today, and she's it's like, the, your formative years were horror movies, right. but she'd always show you the making of so you would know that it's not like real right well the most um infamous story from my childhood was the one time i was i think about like five or six maybe even younger than that um maybe even like three or four uh apparently my biological father had uh, George Romero's classic um, Night of the Living Dead playing and I was watching it and uh, apparently gleefully laughing along as the zombies tore apart the uh, lasting human survivors. Um, you know what? Then, that says so much about you. And then my mother came home and was very upset <laughs> with my father. I don't know if that was one of their leading causes of divorce, but it definitely. Let's go ahead help. and say that was the reason. The reason. Did you know she had her tongue pierced? Considering the fact that, like, I lived with my mom for I all that. I know, but yes, still, I did. That also came up today. Uh, She's like, "Can you believe I used to have my tongue pierced?" And I was like, "Yes." Yeah, I thought you did that. No. Anyway, so I'm going to try to steer this back to horror. Um. And then I remember I really wasn't into horror movies besides that, but I have a very like vivid memory of either I, th I think uh, one of those Buster Rental Nights uh, watching Scream for the first time. I feel like that, that was a really formative movie. Um, the whole, which obviously we'll, we'll cover later on. Yes. Because uh, that is, I think, one of the most important slashers in the history of um, film. You saved uh, for last. No, from that last movie that we just yeah, watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said we saved it for last. Right. right. 
not chronologically, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I thought of another couple movies. Right. And then you're hitting somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm familiar with it. They're I trying think to. Not sure that sounds right, but it could be anything. I think they're trying to like put the body in a lake or something. Yeah. But, like of course it's not going well. Then I think that there's another person there that's messing with them. Yeah. Um, and then oh, I just had it. What was the other one? Oh, Darkness Falls. The one we were watching with Luke. The Tooth Fairy. Um, but you're saying you remember like being young watching it? And you said you were terrified by it. Mm-hmm. Um, rat crimes. We do apologize for those rat crimes. Yeah. Little Enid was on the wheel. Okay. I must stop the rat. Was there any other movies you remember? No. Okay. Yeah, those were those are the ones that stick out of my mind. Um, and even so, like, I, my biggest memory is the memory of watching Scream. This makes me so happy. I'm so glad. I keep like catching a glance. <laughs> Did you forget what you were gonna say? No, oh. no, I didn't. But I can't say one thing. You can say all the things you want. You can say anything you want. Oh, you want to well, now that I know where we're coming from, uh, let's get right into it. So the genre of film we're going to do this uh, for this uh, topic is going to be slashers. Um, and I'm just going to read a little bit from uh, good old Wikipedia. Just a little bit about that subgenre of horror. Um, a slasher film subgenre of horror that involves a serial killer stalking and murdering group of people, usually by use of a blade or sharp tool like knife, chainsaw, scalpel. Um, slasher may be used sometimes to use as a generic term for a horror film involving murder. It usually has a specific type of um, formula to it. There's usually things like uh, past wrongful action that causes severe trauma. There's usually reinforced by like some sort of anniversary that uh, re-inspires a killer. It's usually built around the whole idea of a stalk and murder sequence. Um, there's usually feelings of catharsis, recreation, and displacement. Um, a lot of times the slasher villains are people who were, um, objectively evil because they're not bound by human morality. Uh, usually it involves, uh, final girls, like the really popular uh, Laurie Strode example in Halloween. Um, there's usually things like um, taking on uh, people, usually, you know, someone dies as soon as they have sex. Um, 
other tropes are things like the the joke of like the black characters are the ones that usually die first in a lot of horror and slasher films. Um, there's also things about usually either finds a way to outwit, outsmart. Bye. Exactly. Um, okay, that's my new horror movie idea. It's just Survivor, but it's the That's a good one. That's a good one. I feel like it's been done before. Probably. Like, uh, so to talk about some of these specific tropes. I feel like you forgot a very important equation. What's that? A squared plus B squared plus C. What's that? It's for circles. Oh. <laughs> okay. No, because ever since this equation, I just want to play with words. Ah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, um, we're going to start from the origins of a lot of these slasher films. A lot of times people trace it back to um, the movie Psycho. So, um, unless you've never visited any pop culture reference whatsoever, Psycho is a movie that was... Always having sound effects right now. Yeah, it sounds kind of like it. It was uh, from a novel originally. Uh, written by Joseph Stefano and Robert Block, directed by the famous Alfred Hitchcock, stars Anthony Perkins as Norman Bates, uh, Janet Lee as Mason Marion Crane, um, and then you have John Gavin as Sam Lewis, Loomis, Vera Miles as Lila Crane, John McIntyre as Sheriff Al Chambers. Uh, this is your first time ever seeing the film. What did you think of it? I really liked it. I didn't expect so I didn't expect to, but in the other hand, I did just because like the whole vibe of the movie looked cool. Like just even from the cover art alone, like it just like a splash of red, just ready, ready for action. Um, I love how close up you are to the main character, to Marion, and then Norman Bates is so charming that like the whole time you already know what's gonna happen. Now, I'm curious if at the time this was released, did they know about Norman Bates or was it um, like right as the novel was kind of taking off? No, I think I think it was. What, what, what do you mean by that? I'm sorry. Like, was this a story they'd heard before or was this totally revolutionary? It was totally it was the first time they've ever done it. Obviously, it was a, um, it was a novel first before it was a, a movie, but yeah, the whole idea of the Bates Motel, the hotel off the side road, um, all of that was brand new. And that really kind of unnerved small town America, like right. highways. Like, I've never seen this, but the cultural influence is so great that I 
get nervous when I stay at a hotel that has an outdoor room to enter. Yeah, and the thing that's fascinating, and I think one of the things you're kind of getting at is that, like, before Psycho, um, hotel, you know... Um, there were no gas station appearances. There were no gas station appearances, which we'll get to as a we know them theoretical... Time. Right. We can't let one go by unnoticed. Exactly. It's like a long game of ours. I think they just like looked at us when we did that. You think? Because we were watching Bay of Blood with my mom, dad, and sister. Hey yeah, guys. that's what we saw. Um, but yeah, no, I think that uh, it being completely original was uh, just, you know, it was 100% uh, just kind of. Um, Imagine the terror of watching that. Right, for the very first time like, experiencing know, it. Like, like the road signs and studying for my test. Yeah. Instead of just like turning, it is the like double curve. Right. <laughs> right. And that's what you're saying that the twist almost acts as like a double yes, curve. Because you're like, okay, this is a twist. And then you're like, that's just a little part of the twist. This is barely a twist. It's like, Right. And obviously, um, you know, this just kind of uh, touches on the the movie. Like, we're not going to go so in-depth, and but, uh, you know, obviously Janet Lee's performance uh, is incredible, not to mention the fact that she's the mother of one of the most famous final girls, and um, probably most popular horror film uh, actresses in uh, uh, so help me out here uh, Jamie Lee Curtis uh, so that's that whole sequence our scene and everything that's that's enough to to want to watch it um, I know you said you really like the the first part more with just getting to know Janet Lee's character and, and traveling through. The cop was following her and right. changes her car. That was some stuff. You said you liked it beyond just like the slasher aspect. There was kind of like a thriller, kind of like also, a. Also, it was just gorgeously shot and very yeah. well considered. Oh, definitely. And like, I still don't know how I grew up with the misconception that old movies aren't good. Like, I don't think it got, came from my family. Like, I, they like them, but for some reason, like, my brain is like, black and white, boring, no, no good. These movies in, like, the 50s and 60s, because of the black and white nature where they didn't have to contend with the technicolor. But also the black and white nature of society. And they, a lot of movies just had, like, really heavy-hitting themes. Right, yeah, and it's a lot of it's just because like they're coming out of the whole like restrictions that were held on them by some of the things in like the 30s and 40s. Um, we are a history podcast. You're <laughs> kidding? Look that stuff up yourself. But the Bernard Herrmann score that's so orchestral is gorgeous. Yes, the music in that you already know all of it. 
but it still surprises me. And then the uh, I I can't before we leave I can't not talk about the uh, wonderful cinematographer uh, John Russell, who uh, worked for a lot of those early films that um, were black and whites that he made. Just like even though he's just working with really just two different color schemes, he makes them pop so well. Um, I even think that Psycho even looks better than a lot of the movies later on that followed it. Is that another one of those emergency broadcast systems? No, no. We don't have to worry about that. Um, any final thoughts on that one? What? Uh, I hope we stick. you stick around because at the end we'll do a ranking um, of our own personal... I this one gets up to... Uh... I agree. Um, so if we're going chronologically, the next one we saw, we'll, we see a decade later in Bay of Blood, which that was the last one we just saw. Bay of Blood was directed by, I'm going to try my best in some of these uh, Italian cinema names, Mario Bava, also written by Mario Bava, Giuseppe Zaccariol, and Filippo Ottoni. Uh, in that we have just all of the people. Um, we have Claudine Auger as Renata Donati, Luigi Pastilli as Alberto, Claudio Camasso as Simone. We have Anna Maria Rosati as Laura. And then we have a whole bunch of teenagers who get absolutely murdered. What did you think of Bay of Blood? I, I liked it. Um, I'm going to say it wasn't my favorite, but I can definitely see why it's important. Right. It, no, I, I agree. The, you could tell the plot felt like an afterthought to me. Yes. Because, like, I... Let's be real. Even, like, no matter what I'm watching, I'm never paying 100% attention. So, even something it's much more of like a puzzle box or you know mystery show something where the plot isn't spelled out i still picked that up but this right. it felt very meandering it was like let's kill people by the day that's exactly what it felt like and i'm like that's fine it was your first thing so you don't have to be anything else so i think like it deserves all the accolades i would say though from like the quote-unquote perspective oh my god brutal i think that some of the effects that they did some of the practical effects were some of the best like so this on prime okay i didn't know we were watching but it's like the prime that has the freebie on it yeah and they have like ads and stuff so i didn't know we were watching with ads i thought prime was like here you go Uninterrupted media. No, it was an ad, and they were showing off these vibrant ketchup tattoos. And I was like, why? How does this relate? And then all of a sudden, oh, it's an ad. So that was just funny. But the movie opens up with it was a squonk. And you know, the plot might not have been much, but that got my attention. I could not stop laughing. 
What do you think about swamps? Uh, I think you should win. It is horrible. They're very weird looking, and so, none of their pictures are the same, so I think swamps are like snowflakes. I don't know if you've ever seen swamps. Do they really exist? I think that would be for cryptozoologists to answer. Oh, so it's like real cryptid? Yes. Okay. To my knowledge, I didn't fully check. I will be checking. Cryptos out there. Please tell us your swamp stories. I am all ears. Unlike that weird grub looking guy. It's like a dog pig bug. Yeah. <laughs> um, with anything else you want to say about Dave London? There really wasn't much. Uh, if you want to see, watch it just for the kills. Like, honestly. There's like a YouTube out there that has oh. just like the best kills of Day of Blood. That's that's like all you need to see. And again, the plot is like not much desire. It's just basically like greed against greed, and then the ending is really weird. If you can call it an ending, um, oh, I, I mean, they <laughs> it ended, didn't. It did end. Um, this one also fulfills the gas station prophecy. Yes. Um, there was this moment in the movie that lasted maybe about five minutes where the bottom right hand, there was like this dark thing in the in the screen. And it looked almost 3D. And it went away. It was really cool. And then the, the spiritual too. Oh, very, yeah. Like, that came right after. 3D. And then when they took when they went from the house out to look, it looked like the other house was looking back. Like, I don't know how they captured that, but like it very much felt like seeing and being seen. And you could tell it's influential because... And I, Big jarring. Right, right. Because normally... Um, oh! Um, I wrote down Hocus Pocus took notes for the oh, lady... Yeah, the, the, the one witch. who was married to yes. the person who was like a infectologist or whatever. Yes. And then, so my favorite part of the movie, and this is going to sound unhinged, is the blood. The yeah, blood was gorgeous. Technicolor blood. I've seen it can, um, said is like paint bright orange or something, but love it. It's this is so really thick. Beautifully shot. Oozing. Um, I know this is something I'll probably be saying very often for a lot of these movies, but the, the score was also tremendous. What did you say about the score? That it was. Like, oh, I said that the move, the, the music was very like triumphant and hopeful, even though you knew that's not what was going on at all. So it was very like discordant. Yeah, that was done by Selvos Cipriani. Apparently, he's done a bunch of different uh, horror scores. Um, we're probably most known for this one. But yeah, it's very like triumphant, trying to feel it feels like it's. Yeah. Other than that, I don't have much to say on this movie. It was good. I see its influence. And um, I really was interested in why or just the fact that they gathered all the bodies in a room. 
kind of like Black Christmas did. Right. I didn't really notice any other of the movies we've seen doing that. Just kind of the grouping of them all together as one pile is something to see for sure. Um, talking about Black Christmas. Black Christmas! Black Christmas was directed by Bob Clark, written by Roy Moore. It starred one of the greatest names ever in film history, Olivia Hussey, uh, here in Julia. Uh, great performance by Margot Kidder, who um, plays drum maybe too well. Uh, that was actually Fierce's Has uh, John Saxon, who we'll see later on in uh, my comment here. Um, Marion Wallman, uh, Andrea Martin is Phil. Best name ever, Phil. 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 Um, why this is a creepy movie? Yeah, it really didn't let up. Uh, the visuals were intense. The language is intense. Um, the hiding booth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a great, a great bit by their Agnes. Uh, uh, I also like that. And Bobby, or like so far, every single thing that we've done, every movie that we've covered and that we've talked about has almost fits like a different subgenre of the slasher. So, like for Psycho, we get your thriller. Uh, for um, Bay of Blood, it's kind of more of just like your, you know, teenagers visiting a lake and getting murdered. Uh, this one, Black Christmas, is your sorority murder. It's your, you know, the killer goes into a sorority hiding out and kills all of them. Um, or most, most all of them. Um, and then they're also followed by all those phone calls. Well, we're led to believe it's it's one person that we get at the end. But then the ending is left very open-ended. Now, I kind of called something was up and you didn't think so. No, I thought that's what it No, you're 100% right. The intention is... Um, The intention was to be open-ended like that. I, I love that. At the, I was thinking, like, this is good. It's about mid in my list. But with that ending, it really knocks it much higher than it would have been otherwise. I really enjoyed it. I Thank thought it was you. really good. Um, I like the investigative part of it. I liked a lot of the... The cunnilingus? The... Um, Oh, yeah, the fellatio. Again, the Margot the Margot Kidder uh, performance she was is my great. Favorite. Yeah, she's hey, a, she's a couple of longer. Yeah. Um, they we, had the we, wrong last girl. We, you know, the the world was just too big for Barb. So, that happens a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barb's they don't last long a lot of times in these things. Um, but no, it was it was really good. Uh the first kill is crazy with the uh the suffocation. Oh yeah. And then the constant um you know 
putting them in the rocking chair and the constant the visual of seeing them in the, the window. Um, yeah. It's and then him creepy. just getting very dirty and clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those phone calls. And took it more seriously in the 70s than they do today, folks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also love the, uh, the constant jumping on the um, the other officer, I think that was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, another movie that's influential. And this is kind of the start of the golden age of these slasher movies. Um, well, I was going to say from like about 74 to about 84, like one decade, it's the majority of our movie list. Because mm-hmm. we got this in 74. And then... There's not much more to talk about. Well, there probably is more, but we're going to move we on. We could always come back and, you know, dive deeper into them, but this is just an overall. We have the uh, the classic, uh, one of the greats in 74, the Tobe Hooper, um, you know, masterpiece of, like, terrifying movies. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is one of those My Stomach Hurts movies from the get-go. Something's off. Something's unsettling. I don't want to be here. Yeah. It's uh, directed by Tobe Hooper. It's written by Tobe Hooper and, and Inkle. Um, it stars uh, another group of teenagers who just get murdered, but we have... Uh, Marilyn Burns as Sally. You have Edwin Neal as the, hitch, the creepy hitchhiker guy who they pick oh, up at yeah. the beginning. Not a fan. Uh, Alan Denziger as Jerry. Paul A. Partain. Jerry, I think, is the one who gets cut by the hitchhiker. Paul A. Partain as Franklin. William Vale as Kirk. Terry McMinn as Pam. Jim Sidow. That's the, our favorite friend that uh, operates the gas station on the other side of hell. And then uh, just the absolutely terrifying uh, Gunnar Hansen as Leatherface. And then like if you could stick around to the end of this movie, the whole John Dugan as the grandfather in the scene where they're all there. It's... I won't rewatch it. It is, so it is so unsettling. It is so unsettling. I really liked it, but not in the way that's like, hey guys, let's watch a fun thing. Just in the ways that uh, something could be absolutely devastating. Um, all right, guys. Um, I think if there's nothing else to add to Texas Chainsaw, we're going to move from our double feature of 1974's Black Christmas and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre to perhaps maybe the most influential slasher of all time. And that is John Carpenter's directing and written Halloween. Not only did he direct it and written, wrote it, but he also... Did the music for it? 
So that famous score, that famous like two to three note motif where it jumps back and forth practically, that's all Carpenter. Did you know he's a band teacher? John Carpenter? Yes. Oh. No, I didn't know that. No, I thought he was a horror movie director. No, motif. I don't feel like many people would say that. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, just saying that. Um, Not a bad thing. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad. Uh, anyway, uh, this movie was great. Like, in my opinion, like a close to a five star horror movie that you can find. Um, I think visually, the whole mask thing does it for me. The whole like seeing them and the not seeing him thing. And again, this is before any of this was a trope. This is before any of this. Like, think about all the all the horror movies we saw before. We don't really see the killer and until the end of a lot of these other movies. But then with this one, we see Michael Myers right away. Um, that first murder with the with his sister is but terrifying. You don't see him up close. You don't see his features. You just know he's there, you know he's there. You see you see him though. You see him with the the mask, the everything, and then like just the metaphor for that, that he's like this evil person that's hiding behind, you know, pretending to be human. I don't think he's pretending. Well, I'm just saying, like, you know. Oh, you think he, like, kind of daylights is just Joe Schmo? No, it's it's not that. It's just, like, just the whole idea of, like, he is an insane killer that just, like, there's no redeeming value whatsoever like it's not like oh maybe there's a point oh it's revenge or anything like that no it's just like, there's still... no reason right yeah it's just but destruction like right chaos right and to unleash it upon the world right um so you gotta admire that yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and then obviously this is the I mean, real, CEOs like that. This is the break, breaking role, breakout role for Jamie Lee Curtis. Who went ahead and win a Oscar. Hot dog. Almost uh, 40 years later. Um, she's great as Laurie. Matter of fact, we constantly just mention how much, as an actress, she just outperforms all the other mm-hmm. characters. Um, which is probably one of the biggest flaws in this movie is just the. Feels like that in the horror genre in general in the early days. Yeah, they pick a few standouts, and everybody else is just there to be murdered. Right. So it sounds like a decent formula to me. Yeah. No, I I agree. Um, but I I I I, I love uh. It's, it's, I mean, it's just a great. There's not really much more to say, and I think it's, it's, it's a fantastic movie. I think the final chase scene is amazing. I think, um, I think the story is pretty well written, which is not really much I could say beforehand. There's not really much of a story uh, with a lot of the other I ones. I feel like it really came out of left field, but like in a good way. And like I know you were like calling that twist, 
early on. Movie are we on? Halloween. Okay. Yeah. What was the twist? Oh, we're talking about a different movie. Oh, okay. Well, we'll we'll get there. Um. But no, I I think it's uh. Like I said, I think it's a, a terrific film. I uh, we'll probably visit some other John Carpenter. I could see us watching. The thing. The thing. One. You see the flyers that that is uh, no. Who's the other guy? <laughs> uh, we it was because we saw the, the son, um, Kronberg. Mm. Randy Kronberg was. He's the, the one that made. Starts with a B. No. Chromium. No. What is it? Um, it was another one. Oh, you're talking about video drone? Yes, okay, it kind of rhymes. That's what I was looking for. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but that was his father. Okay. But we didn't. Have you so seen he video had the intro to horror from that. Right, yeah, definitely. The punch that influence. Uh, especially when we watch The Fly eventually. It's so much body horror. It's very reminiscent of like huh? one of your favorite films. That's, um, yeah, I I said Walrus, yes, the test, okay. Um, Kevin Smith did react to one of my that's my claim to fame now. Hit me up, talking about a movie with a twist that I called. We get the 1980s team, directed by Sean Cunningham, written by Victor Miller and Ron Kurz. This is the super famous camp that uh, you don't want to go to, Crystal Lake. Um, one of the things I really liked about this that I thought was quite inventive was the, the really big delay in... Uh, waiting to show who the killer was. Yes, I kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And but I, it uh, does pay off in the end. It definitely 100% does. And that's where you got your twisteroo. Yeah, that's where I got my twisteroo. I got all twisted. Who's our final girl? Uh, this is me. I, mean, I, mean, I don't know how she's the final girl. Man, she did like everything to die. My uh, my absolute favorite part of this whole movie that uh, I'm almost positive you did not know at the time is that uh, Jack is played by Kevin Bacon. Bacon. Yeah. Jason is not in the first. Only in name. Only in name only. But uh yeah, we have so many uh great horror tropes to start off right away. Don't go to summer camp. Uh again, this is one of those movies I've never seen until now. Did you feel like you see? 
yes, culturally, we've all seen it. We know it. Um, the sounds are iconic. But, like, everybody knows, like, you're a little scared to go to summer camp. Like, are you going to get murdered? Well, Crystal Lake is the reason why you feel that way. As a movie, up until the twist, it feels very straightforward, very formulaic. Right. Very simple. Just gets to the point. I like that. No, it's a good thing. I liked it about it. I didn't get lost in the details. Um, I know you were really on that twist. Yeah. Riding your high horse. Huh. Yeah. I just had a feeling. Have you be... seen that meme? It says, get off your high horse. And there's a horse and it's eyes are all bloodshot and it says, what? Uh, well, then, I think this is probably going to be the top of your list. We have 1984's Nightmare on Elm Street, directed and written by the great Wes Craven, uh, which stars, obviously, Johnny Depp. Arguably a great name, Wes Craven. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he'll come up again. He'll come up again. John Saxon again as another lieutenant. Uh, we have, uh, a great... Final Girl and Heather Camp as Nancy Thompson. Amazing. Uh, I think the most amazing performance is Robert England as Freddie Krueger. He is incredibly good. I can't see his face, so I don't agree. You can't see him. You mad or? No, I can't see it. Like, it's obscured by his makeup and stuff. Like, I don't. Oh, but like the voice he does no, and everything, and his physical performance is incredible. I'm still here for Tina. I think she's great. I'm not here for Tina, who's somehow like a 35 year old, 15 year old. Okay, guys, you could have gone as far as like 19 to 20 for like being held back or, you know, waiting until they start school. That is not a 15 year old. <coughs> Yeah. I mean, I guess. I think that they kind of had to play the ages I up. mean, at the end, does it matter? No, but it's just one of those little nitpicks I have. Um, and a lot of the a lot of the scenes are incredible. The, the Johnny Depp's uh, kill is, is incredible. Almost every scene of something horrifying happening is just the worst. Tina's death scene is amazing. She's just like Yanked up onto the ceiling and crawling around and very like exorcism. Very, very terrifying. Oh my god. Um, so I'm gonna challenge you to see how much you remember of this movie because it's been a while since you've seen it. But um again, one of the most influential movies in my opinion, to my just enjoyment of movies and are we done Oh, did you want to talk more about Elm Street? The ending. Yes, the ending twist was incredible. So good. Um, her mom, so good. Not for a few scenes, but we, we kind of understand where she's coming from at the end of things. Um, yeah, I just, some terrifying scenes. Also, if anybody knows what's behind her on her bed, it's like kind of muffety looking, but like hurt and like I don't know what that is. Yeah. The bed scene was terrifying. 
once you got pulled down, the wall coming down was horrible. This is definitely one of those movies that we're going to come back to and really take apart piece by piece because there's just so much to talk about. All right, let's get some noise. No, 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 it's fine. We could... No, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm all fucked up. <laughs> um, we have uh, 1996's Scream, also done by Wes Craven. That has been a couple minutes of this and that. Like well, we can talk about the whole series in, in general. I think the thing about this movie is amazing is it, it really brought upon the whole idea of making self-referential horror movies mm-hmm. where like they almost right, they definitely poke fun. Like it's it's terrifying, it's scary, but it's also comedic. It's comedic. Almost. I mean, it started well in the 30s. Say that it, it, it was almost Past parody to mock, to mock Okay. I know that it's fiction. It's not based on something that's occurred, but it feels a little closer to that. In my right. Um, but Look. the ringing of the phone, the mask, the playful banter. Well, not really playful. It's forceful and. I love the Enigma. Yeah. That is top tier to me. It's just a guy with a big mouth. Okay. Yeah. Like those face. Yeah. Um, interesting thoughts on that. Um, what I was going to say was you could tell all the movies that had been influenced by Scream. Scary movie. Entire franchise. Let's talk about movies that Scream was influenced by. It's like, obviously, all the phone call stuff. That's how you say Scream influenced. All, like, the, the phone calls that, like, from Black Christmas, obviously. Um, the whole conversation about, like, uh, that they have in the house uh, about like who gets murdered and when uh, the whole like chase through scene the whole like you like scary movies all of that it's been 100% spoofed now but at the time that was the like it was spoofing and making making light of all the things before it making fun of the the, the formula and everything like that and I really think that it's one of the most influential and still continuing to be one of the best um, slasher um, franchises. Like, we, we recently saw the fifth and sixth one, I think, and they were really good as well. Um, but uh, heavily influenced by and also influenced as well. Uh, let's see. Uh, it had one. I think one of the best film, uh, sequences in all of horror uh, movies is the, the very first call that um, you know made Drew Barrymore, which was definitely stunt casting at the time, and maybe one of the best cameos of all time. They were calling through about the writer's strike. 
Yeah. Uh, but then you have Ned Campbell at Sydney, Courtney Cox, Pete Ulrich in Philly. Um, obviously, the great David Arquette is Tui, uh, who somehow always seems to find a way to make it to the next movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's it's fantastic, and uh, I hope they never stop making them. They can really stretch on forever. Anybody can be Ghostface. That's true. You know, I forgot a movie between then and then. <laughs> between Nightmare and Elm and Scream. And that movie is uh, Candyman. Candyman. Yeah. Candyman. Candyman. How many times do we have to say it? Uh, I think I'm done. I am too. I just want to make sure it's not combined. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, this was directed and written by Bernard Rose. That's too many bees. And also um, written by Clive Barker. Clive Barker also did stuff like Hellraiser. So uh, heavily, heavily influential writer in uh, horror movie history. Uh, it stars Virginia Madsen as our main girl, Helen Lyle. As Xander Berkeley as Trevor Lyle. Uh, the great Tony Todd is the Candyman. Um, then we have uh, Vanessa Williams, very young Vanessa Williams, is Anne Marie McCoy. Uh, what did you think of the movie? So scary. Now this is one I have seen before. You have seen this one. Yes, and I just remember, like I don't know if I watched the whole thing, but I remember the first like bee scene, and I was done, like terrified. Now this. Um, it doesn't say it in the beginning or anything, but this is based on a true story. Not necessarily the Candyman himself, but the plot is a woman is attacked in her apartment. Somebody hears it through, and their um, tenement houses are connected by um, medicine cabinets that move over into like a secret passageway. And the neighbor called the police for days and they just, they said, no, like, we don't come out there. Um, and then the, the second day the police came and they said they couldn't get in. As if the police can't knock down the door. Right. So it's just like, this one to me, I know I said this to you earlier, but I'll say it to our listeners as well. This kind of took a departure from horror to me. And it was just too real. Like this is real, like systemic racism. It's not. Yeah, definitely. Really a boogeyman. And a lot of, uh, a lot of horror tropes do occasionally play on, um, things of like social nature. Like, even when we were talking about Black Christmas, we were saying how it was very generally, like, it dealt with a lot of, like, sex and And, like, they were, like, politics. abortion. Right. And, like, it felt very talk pc A bit, yes. But, like, I liked that. So it was not a bad thing. Right. No, I would agree. I would agree. Um, what did you think about the movie in general? I really liked it. Um, scary. One of those things that, like, I don't really watch it. I don't want to watch it again. Like, 
this time was enough for me. Yeah. Um. It was good. It was good. Um, it was more of a documentary to me than anything. Like somebody's expose that, like, very, like, journalistic. Right. No, I would agree. I would agree. It's almost like the... It's funny because in some of the slashers, the killing is, like, the only part that they matter. It's almost like in this one, the killing almost comes second or third or fourth. Because I think that there was a lot more of an interest in um, discussing a lot of the social implications of of the situation. Uh, yeah, I I uh, it wasn't my favorite, but I did I did appreciate what what they were doing. I thought the Todd, the Tony Todd performance was incredible. The voice he does yeah. is amazing. Um, I heard, unfortunately, it becomes a lot more like goofy and mer- like it's just like it falls into the traps and trappings that a lot of horror franchises do to like up their murder rate and murder count, and it really ha- less tackles less uh, social issues. But um, yeah, it was it was good. Like you know. Um, I like how it kind of dealt with the white savior complex, but then turned it on his head because, like, everything that she was doing kind of sucked. Yeah. And she really wasn't being helpful at all. She's like, no, one of the good ones. Right. Um, anything else you wish to add? Gary, please don't say Candyman a number of times. Um, can we talk about your next? What's your next pick? This was fucked up. Uh, yeah, the plot was uh, littered with a lot of twists. Um, the final girl was amazing. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's a slasher flick written by Anna Wingard. And, I mean, sorry, directed by Anna Wingard, written by Simon Barrett. Our final girl is uh, Aaron, who's played by Sharni Vinson. Who, I mean, her whole character is a big twist. Um, who knew that she'd be so great at killing people, you know? Yeah. It's, it's all good until then, you know? I love the shock that occurs at the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. I'm With not your gonna... boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we don't want to spoil it, but, uh, yeah, I don't think that they were too excited that she was, uh, so good. No. Wendy Glenn. Zoe was so creepy. I mean Z, not Zoe. Z. Yeah. Z, what a what a weird character, man. Um but uh it was good. I mean it was a really yeah, good she watch. Just wanting to have sex with him next to his dead mother. I guess we're gonna say like... it. Okay, there we go. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But yeah, no, uh the animal masks. The different weaponry, right? The booby traps. A lot of it also reminded me of like other two, like later two thousand. And when they're hiding in the cupboard, when they um, that was her nickname. I know. You gave me a look like, what are you doing? No. Yes. So way back when we watched it, and 
the pillars are there about to go in the pantry and suddenly just like they go somewhere else and I was just like be right back I got something better to do so we just started bursting out laughing in the theater but I always love when that trip comes up in a horror film it's like oh they think they're somewhere and they go somewhere else yeah and it's like you know they might even kind of know at that point but they just want the game to last longer right they want to build the suspense 100 um but yeah, no, it was it was pretty good. It wasn't, you know, it's more modern ones are a little bit difficult because like you don't see their influences as much. You see them kind of like having a conversation with previous ones, like um, uh, just you know, <laughs> I love how that you were like this is like Succession as a horror movie. I still am up for putting all the Succession people on there and having it play out. They would just wind up playing each other without any need for any other help. Um, and then I think we're finally going to get to uh, one of our favorite movies uh, that's released in the past couple of years, and that is X. Loved it. 70s vibes. Make off. Alexander Scott, nope. <laughs> Infinity Pool got me. No. Imagine if he was in it, though. Uh, Jenna Ortega is in it, though. Yes, she was great. Yeah. Um, so the premise is this is an adult film. Yeah. What makes me laugh so much about just how ironic the connections of horror movies are is uh, Tariq in Your Next is played by Ty West. Ty West wrote and directed both X and Pearl. Pearl. And he's directing also Maxine, which is supposed to be the sequel. Me neither. But it has Mia Goth in it. It has Jenna Ortega, uh, Brittany Snow from Glee. Uh, Hilariously, Kid Cudi is in it. He does not hum at all. Uh, But, uh, I mean, this this movie is is almost uh, some shots almost are like direct shots from um, Texas Chainsaw. Yes. So, the gas station count is up. Oh yeah, the gas station is in there. Um, but I mean like the, the scene from outside, like the, the house. The location. Right, the location and everything. Oh, oh and don't forget the, uh, the alligator. Oh yeah. What's yeah. up? I don't know his name. Um, but, like, it's the whole idea of, like, you have a bunch of teenagers, they're trying to shoot in a... Listen, teenagers, don't go anywhere, you will get murdered. Trying to shoot a porno, and then they encounter old versions of Mia Goth, and, uh, it does not end well for anyone, except for yeah. Mia Goth. Um... At least old ones. Yeah. This is also the second film franchise that Jenna Ortega is in that's a horror movie. Um it's a scream franchises that she's she's also in. Um it's a fantastic um yeah, if you've never seen it, it's, so it's maybe one of the better one of the best slashers so horror movies in the past like decade. Now um, it is quite graphic. 
It is. Most violently sexually is this. You're going to get into it. Don't watch this with your parents. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't watch it with my parents. Don't watch it with your parents. Don't watch it with your parents. Don't watch it with your parents. So, I have a couple of slasher questions for you, just for fun. Do you want to do those first, or do you want to try to do our ranking first? I'll take the questions first. Okay, so these are just fun ones that I thought of today. All right. Hold on up. So out of all the slasher movies that we've seen, and maybe other ones we've seen too, uh, which one, if you had to be killed by any of them, who would you be killed by? I think the worst is Freddy Krueger. I might go with Scream. Oh, yeah. With, uh, so we'll call, we'll have a little game, and some sexy banter back and forth, and then he'll murder me with a knife. It's all very straightforward. I'm not going to get a bad kill. It'll be bloody, it'll hurt a little, you know, but I'll always see blood past. So, yeah. Ghost face, come at me. What about you? Like, wait, I have to answer. No, no, I'm thinking about it. That's a good choice. Um, I think, um, you know, I, I, I'm gonna go with. Can I? Can I guess your guess? Mm-hmm. You're gonna go Friday the Thirteenth by Jason's mom. Yeah, that's, the twist. I wasn't gonna go guess the twist, but I felt like if I'm killed by her, at least it's justified. Like mm-hmm. she's angry, she's pissed because you know, he lost her kid, that man. Was be your yeah, you did a great job, man. <laughs> but they had the newlywed game we'd uh, we released it. Yes, we were both Um so in a horror movie, how long do you think he would survive? So it definitely depends the circumstances. It's a slasher. It's a slasher. The slasher. If I found a great hiding spot, I would win. I would not get slashed because I would go to sleep and I would like just peace out of that situation. Doesn't hasn't hasn't been great for them. There's been somewhere the people go to sleep and it just hasn't worked out for them. That is fair, but. I'm still going to take my chances and I'm going to find somewhere quiet and I'm going to take a nap. Um, I think if anything, I'll die in my sleep. I think that uh, if it requires running, yeah, I'm screwed. But if it requires all of the stupid stuff that white people do in horror movies, then I think that uh, I would be in a lot of trouble. Um. But if I could just be like, oh, I heard a noise, I'm just gonna go the other way. Yeah. I think I think that's what I would do. Uh, so we've seen so many different. We've seen axes, 
We've seen knives. We've seen hooks. We've seen uh, machetes. What would be your weapon of choice if you were the slasher? So I think the coolest weapon is the bear trap lasso made in. Um, oh, what movie was that? Was it Texas Chainsaw? No. No. It was fun. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'd want to be run in by like a broadsword or just like that. Oh no, I'm doing the killing. Oh. You are doing the killing. I'm sorry. Okay, I'd be a poisoner or something. Like. So you have to pick a slash one. I'm just gonna say like poison knife. Um, so poison knife. No, nothing so. I would have a venomous snake with me <laughs> and slash with my fangs. Okay, that works. I love the Candyman who can man. That's, that's so crazy. So he, he shoots a hook? Shoots a hook. He can hook you? Hook him in. It's landing sprinkler. What do you think is the, the best kill? Be something in blood. Really? Mine's Okay. It is definitely Nightmare Elm Street, the Johnny Depp when he dies. He's just pulled under his bed, and it's just like geyser of blood for like yeah. a minute and a half. That scene is insane. That is pretty fun. Um, he stayed alive for a while in it. So that's what I don't want to do. I don't want to last if I'm being killed. I'm just saying, what's not you being killed? I'm just saying, what is the best one? Um, I'd say the couple having sex that are just seared through. Oh, and, and then blood. immediately goes through another kill. See, personally, I think that the kill where he opens the front door and there's an uh, the axe gets clean through his head. Oh, and then they take it out. Yeah. The practical effect for that, too, because, like, a lot of the ones in, um, I feel like Friday the 13th is kind of boring because you can tell, like, when they replace the dummy when they don't, it 100% seems like he's wearing a mask that they do a special thing for where you can see the killer and that's like nine years earlier that's incredible it's so well done um and then uh who's the best final girl that's a hard one that's a hard one there's so many great choices Yes, it is. Like she's definitely, I don't know if she's the best girl, but she's the most badass and the one I want on my side. Um Nancy from I also really love um X. Oh yeah, But like the fact that she's so connected to that character, I think pushes me over the edge and makes me fail. 
Um, I'm gonna go with lasting power. No, that's definitely not the final girl, man. Um, well, I'm gonna go with lasting power, and it's really hard because I would have to either pick. Um, man, there's so many ones. So I'm gonna give honorable mentions, but like in Texas Chainsaw, the shit that Sally goes through to be able to actually be like, I actually survived is insane. Um, but I'm going between two and I think I'm going to be lame here. No, 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 no. Um, Sydney from Scream gets an honorable mention for me just because she's now in so many other Scream movies. So, like, not only that, she she lasts for so long, but, like, it has to be. It has to be. Lori from Halloween. Because Jamie Lee Curtis is, like, in every single Halloween movie. And she's just, like, every single time she's in. I know her, maybe her first entry, she's not the bravest. What? They just you did? Oh, you did? You did mean that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just, you know, the lasting power um, that she has. And the fact it's an entire franchise. I mean, yes, it is based on Michael Myers, but I feel like it's also really. I did not mention that while we were speaking of Nightmare on Elm Street. But I have held off all these years watching that because of, I have nightmares and the idea of a villain with solely punching your nightmares is not something I like. And from the first moment of that movie, I was thrilled. I'm glad I've seen it. And that one might be when I watch it again. There's a lot of really hard scenes in it, but like I feel like they pay off. They're very visually stunning. No, I agree. I agree. Um, let's get into it. Here's the. Here's the. We did not cover it. We did not. We won't. It is not a horror movie. It's not a slasher. It's a supernatural film. Oh, that was really funny. Um. So, without further ado. We're gonna make a top ten list. We're gonna start at the bottom. So are we gonna are we putting in your next or are we not putting in your next? We are putting in your next. So we're putting in your next. Scream was just but since it'll been a little bit longer since we watched it, but it fits with We can put in Scream though, right? Yes. Okay. So I'm gonna build this last list and we're gonna message you so we know what our list looks like. Right. You've been doing an amazing job with all the graphics department. You are the graphics department. Uh, so we're going to start with the bottom. So which one are we kicking out? Which one do you vote we kick out? Okay. Um. 
I vote we kick out Bay of Blood. I agree. There wasn't much meat. Yeah. Um. So. Your the your next is is in Bay of Blood is out. We're kicking Bay of Blood. Out. Okay. Um. Your next is above hundred. Okay. So I'm gonna start with what I think is ten for me, and then you could argue against it. Um. Candyman. You agree. So Candyman is number 10. Okay, this sucks. You agree so much. It's not supposed to happen that way. I'm just kidding. Uh, then I'm going to go with what I think is 9, and that is the original Nightmare on the Street. You would have it higher. I just think that... Oh, did I say Nightmare on Elm Street? Holy yes. crap, I meant I meant Friday the 13th. My bad. I meant Friday the 13th. So you agree, so number yes. 9 is Friday the 13th. I was like, because we don't get the, the, the Jason Voorhees character. We get, you know, like, people being massacred, you know, teenagers at a camp, and the twist is really good, but besides that, it's kind of... Yeah. Uh, great. Oh, damn, we agree too much. Okay, so. That's a nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, no, 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 no. Okay, I'm gonna go with Black Christmas as number eight then. Give me number seven. Let me think it over. X. definitely say Black Christmas below X. Yeah. So, we're going to put Black Christmas right now. We can put X at 7 for now until we... Okay. I swear, this is still good podcast in this. No, no, I think this is really good because it kind of, it shows how we generate our yeah. list together. Uh, so for 6, uh... I'm going to say Psycho. Yep. What do you think? Psycho? No, you know what? Change my mind. Not Psycho. And actually, I'm going to kick out your X. X is not going to be in 7. X is going to be in 6. I think 7 is your next. Yeah. Then 5 is Psycho. Yeah. I definitely think it deserves to be top 5. Uh, and if maybe we elaborate to like specifically the psychological thrillers, maybe Psycho would be higher. Yeah. But I think as far as thrillers. almost like it's in the name, folks. Um, I think four is Scream. Yeah. Well, okay, let's actually have this conversation. Texas Chainsaw or Scream? They're very close, but for very different reasons. Right. Um. I'm going to go ahead and put Scream as 3, and Texas Chainsaw as 4. I'm going to agree with that. Because, just because of the watchability alone. Yeah. And also, I think that the, the franchise itself it has more lasting power, and I think it's one of the best. So, would you put, I was going to say, would you put, so, if we put Scream top 3, 
would then, would you go? So is Scream above Nightmare? Is Scream above Halloween? No, yeah, I agree. Halloween 2, Nightmare 1. That's the hardest one. You just like the twist. There's no twist with Halloween. No. Oh, yeah, funny question. Yeah. In my head, they both mean the same thing. I don't know why. They both take up the same slot. They're very different movies. <laughs> one is very good. The other one is funny. Nightmare is number one, and I will fight you. The visuals are really good. The concept is really, the concept is really cool. It's Wes Craven's, like, it's amazing that Wes Craven has two of these in the top three. Yeah. Which means maybe we need to look into him being the unquestionable king well, of slashers. Like a movie of his that I want to talk about as much as the others, and really want to like. Don't that. take away my future Halloween ideas. <laughs> um. So you. Also, Nightmare on Elm Street is a poor title on Halloween. Halloween is a holiday. Yeah, but what the, what is this all about though? You really like the Nightmare on Elm Street a lot, huh? Yes. I did too. I really did. I enjoyed it. Um, Ceiling. Ceiling coming down with faces in it. Yeah, that was incredible. All the weird the, uh, spoiler room shit. The, the, the all the practical effects were amazing. <laughs> that was. Oh, yeah. No. Christmas. No, it wasn't. That was the. The room mom, but no, the mom was drinking all the Oh, yeah. Oh, she wasn't hiding it whatsoever. That was so funny because, like, I feel like that that scene was, like, peak, like, 1980s cinema, where it was like, Mom, you're doing horrible things. I'm, like, the good person who stayed away from it, and that's why I get to live. Like, it was, like, Reagan politics, like, oh, 101. Yeah, speaking of that, today, I told Luke that I got the job at the smoke shop, and you know what he said? What did he say? Well, I didn't know you were a bad person. Okay. Because he says that I'm good with selling vapes and smoking stuff to people, so that I'm bad. But then I told him I could buy him an ad on YouTube, and I'm really bad, so he can be bad. There you go. Capitalism is finest. So, this is our final list. From the 10 to 1? Yes. Okay, so we kicked out Bay of Blood. I love its influence. It's good. Honorable mention. It's really good. Honorable mention will also be like the strangers, um, like we mentioned, re- referenced before. Um, I really like Scream. What was the most recent one? Was it six or five? Well, I really like five because it felt a lot more like the first one. That's probably the statement we'll have on at some point to talk about. Yeah, her. she's like our horror movie expert person. Um. So anyway. Moving on from there, uh, so we we bump that off the list. We bump, uh, I mean, we don't. Those are honorable mentions. Um, so number ten, Candyman. Number nine, Friday the Thirteenth. Number eight, Black Christmas. Number seven, You're Next. Number six, X. Number five, Psycho. 
And that's why I said this, the, the 1974, 1984, this is the golden age of these. You got Texas Chainsaw, Scream, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street. You happy with that list? And uh, any listeners who have still stayed by us after almost close to an hour and a half of us discussing slashers, and um, we uh, challenge you to make your own lists. Please, please send us your lists. Tell us what you think are the best slashers of all time. If you make a list, I will make you a little infographic. That's true. She will. And uh, we'll do with our podcast design and everything. Yes. Um, well, it's, it's been fun. This is our first installment. We'll still have, we still have uh, three more of these, including a really fun, uh, we're, we're going to hold a draft of all of our favorite movies, horror movies. We're going to invite some friends on to discuss them as well. I know we've made at least 32, but I think our list is going to grow yeah. by the end of the month. So, um, do you have anything you want to plug for a podcast? Um, no, not really. Everyone knows where to find us by now. Um, I'll put it in the description as well. Also, just for, like, record-keeping sake, you'd be super happy. I got a little Gengar tattoo today on my stomach, and it's so cute, and it makes me so happy. Yeah. Spooky season. Gengar is a good spooky month. Yes. Um... Yeah, uh, so thanks for sticking with us. Uh, if you like this content, you really enjoy uh, the rest of what we're doing. Um, so please uh, give us a listen. We thank you for uh, hanging with us this long. Um, we do it because this is fun. We get to talk about movies we love, and we get to... Uh, Send out to you guys to listen. So, thank you uh, again. Yeah. Um, but thank you guys. We appreciate it. Uh, I think that's it for me. So, All right. Goodbye. I am. Care. going to see you next Tuesday. Yes. Catch us on Tuesday for our next podcast. It will be non-spooky themes, but just as great. And, uh... <laughs> be careful when uh, looking around corners and down the alleyways. And just maybe, maybe, don't say things more than you gotta. Yeah. And uh, never say I'll be right back. Goodbye.